1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show Thanksgiving edition here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Divine. We got Daniel Kelly. He is back. Uh, his son, he had a little bit of a surgery. Everything went well on that, people. Daniel, we're happy all that worked well. And, uh, you know, Scott filled in for you last week. Scott does a great job. But I got to be honest, dude. Uh, I missed you. I'm glad you're back on the show this week.
2: I- I'm glad I'm back, too. For no other reason, it means I'm not staying at a hospital
1: anymore. Oh, but worse. I'm, bu- I'm glad. <laughs> back into it hospitals are the worst to stay in for like <laughs> more, tell you what. more than more than like 12 like 12 hours you can get it right you're you're in there and you know you got to do your thing but then when you're there for a while it is it's just a drain the whole situation uh, I absolutely I, start I, crazy oh yeah i can i can absolutely uh you know I, I was in a hospital i don't know three weeks ago for something and i absolutely can agree with you on that one uh we got a lot of things going on here at rotor grinders this week uh, we got a lot of stuff going on for Thanksgiving Slate 2. So, let me tell you about a couple of things. If you're watching this live, right, and you're looking at Grinders Live chat and you're, dude, the, the Roto Grinders page has changed. What's going on here? Well, what you got to do to be able to chat on Grinders Live now is you have to use our Discord. It's completely free to chat on Grinders Live. We have a premium Discord as well that gives you access to some of our experts and a lot of chat. Uh, all throughout the day on NBA and NFL. And if you have things like the Blitz, right, there's a Blitz Discord as well. But just to chat with all of us on Grinders Live now, you will have to have Discord. You can link your Grinders account to it uh, fairly easily sign-up process. Uh, So make sure to go do that if you're watching this live and you're trying to figure out what's going on over there. Uh, The other thing I want to mention, if you happen to be watching this at YouTube, either live or throughout the week, Right, Please click the like button that really helps us out behind the scenes on the YouTubes to move up the ranks. And if you like everything else here at Roto-Grinders, please click the subscribe button and that will give you a notification every time a show like PFF or one of the other hundred of shows we seem to have here on Roto-Grinders goes live and you get some good content on that. Uh, Let's jump into, I got some other things too, by the way, but let's talk a little football. We always lead off kind of looking back a little bit and while some of this might not you know, partake to the Thanksgiving slate. Some of you will be playing the main slate, probably most of you because we're all action junkies, right? Let's talk about what happened in week 12 and maybe even throughout the past couple of games in this New Orleans uh, Carolina passing game. Uh, I've got brought up here your article. uh, DJ Moore... He has a, you know, he is like a true wide receiver one. I think, you know, if you're playing like Dynasty season long, like he he's like a back end wide receiver one. He is the target hog in this offense.
2: He absolutely is. It came, it kind of came out of nowhere because when Kyle Allen first start, took over the job, it was pretty balanced. Actually, Curtis Samuel is out targeting more in some of the games, but over the last month now, uh, Moore is at. Uh, 44 targets over the last four games compared to only 23 for Curtis Samuel. This is not a one and one a situation anymore. DJ Moore is a clear cut wide receiver one, maybe not top two or three, but he's easily top
1: ten, top twelve.
2: And Curtis Samuel's more of a flex play at this point. So we got we got a big gap form between these two.
1: Yeah, the DJ Moore routes really fit. We've said this on the show over the past couple of weeks. They really fit the uh, arm talent of Kyle Allen much better than the Curtis Samuel. There, I saw a uh, there was a Twitter thing, a, a video of every Curtis Samuel missed you know every non-reception every target he's had that hasn't been a call some of these are just horrible balls some of them are uncatchable it's just he can't throw the ball down the field so that's why dj Moore has really emerged as the wide receiver one in my opinion just the, the route yeah, i think we'll play
2: the, a lot of uh i think we'll play a lot of what could have been with uh, cam newton's arm and curtis samuel this year if that could have yeah. come together but what do you think? we'll You're never trying- know
1: Cam, I think he's he got to be a Panther again next year, right? They can't they can't go into Kyle Allen unless they just luck into some good quarterback. They got to bring him back for, it, for, for that one-year deal.
2: I mean, you either bring Cam Newton back or you go into QB Purgatory, and
1: sometimes you can get out of Purgatory, but man, it's a terrifying thing to go into willingly. I, I, I got to bring him back if I'm them. Yeah, I do too. The other guy you want to talk about is Vance McDonald, and I mean, we're going to talk about a horrible tight end position outside of Jared Cook on the Thanksgiving slate, and I mean, this isn't the Thanksgiving slate, but just tight end, unless your name is Travis Kelsey, Hunter Henry, I mean, Mark Andrews, they just don't pass the ball enough, and Lamar Jackson's so efficient. I mean, he just throws a six passes and all six are touchdowns to, to random other people not named Mark <laughs> Andrews. But, Vance, uh, I think maybe we got to pump the brakes just a little bit because they got the quarterback change. I'm glad they did because Mason Rudolph, uh, I've been saying for a couple of weeks, just he is not an NFL quarterback. Ever since he got that concussion, he's been absolutely horrible. I don't know if that was the cause. Or if it just he really wasn't cut out to be an NFL quarterback. But right now, uh, we gotta move on from Vance, right?
2: Yeah. It's he's he's got so much name value because everyone thought he was gonna be this breakout coming into the year. But he's now it's He's only missed one game all year. The big knock on him was health, but he's been healthy. He has touchdowns in only two games. He hasn't had more than 40 yards in a game all season long. He's the only one of the top 43 tight ends on the season without a game over 40 yards. So there's no ceiling. There's a low floor. We don't know what they're going to get out of the, out of the quarterback at this point. Even with all these other injuries in the offense, I just don't know how you can ever toss or dotted out there as anything other than a, than a desperation play. And he's expensive compared to what his, his actual value is. So even desperation play doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, last week basically two tight ends took up about uh, seventy to eighty percent of the cash lineups. You played Vance McDonald, or I actually on the premium show we have here, I I, I made the live, move live on air. I went from Vance McDonald to Dallas Goddard. Once we had all that Philadelphia wide receiver news, uh, everybody was out. That saved my cash game. I just squeaked by. If I would have played McDonald, <laughs> no no money. I played Goddard. I snuck into the cash line, so that was one of the, the bigger moves for me of the week, right there. So I, I'm in, I'm in complete agreement. Uh, before we get into the Thanksgiving slate, uh, a couple of things. If you are playing Thanksgiving and you're on the go, right? Sometimes, hey, how do I play DFS on Thanksgiving without my family knowing I'm trying to do all of this, right? Well, we got, we're helping you out at Roto Grinders this week. Lineup HQ Express, that's our mobile app. It's free for Thanksgiving. So if you want to jam out on FanDuel, you can actually do this on Lineup HQ Express. You can go right from Lineup HQ Express to FanDuel with your teams and enter those teams right on the app all basically at once. It's, it's one continuous formation. There's no CSV or anything like that. If you want to use Lineup HQ Express for DraftKings, you've got to save a CSV and you've got to upload it to DraftKings and all that. You can do all that through your phone very simply, uh, you know, especially through like a, you save it to your phone, the CSV or you upload it to the iCloud uh, or something like that, and all works uh, seamlessly. But if you want to sneak into the bathroom for 10 minutes and mash out some lineups, we're letting you do that for free on Thanksgiving on Lineup H2 Express. You can download it from uh, your iOS store, I believe. Uh, If you got any questions about it, hit up roto Grinder support. They will be able to uh, further you in your... Uh, quest to jam and lineups from the bathroom on Thanksgiving with your family not knowing about <laughs> it. Uh, all right, let's jump into a little bit of Thanksgiving slate here. We're going to go game by game, and we're going to break it down a little bit. I took the away teams. I like Daniel take the home teams, and let's kind of have a discussion on each game, go a little bit in depth, maybe a couple of scenarios that can play out. I've got the sports book pulled up on my DK sportsbook app. We can maybe try to give a couple of leans if people want to do that on, on bets as well. But the first game we gots what Chicago Detroit um, I'll let you start with the Detroit side here I mean it's it's pretty grim I mean would it not the first string quarterback not the second string quarterback they might even be on a third string quarterback this week
2: it's a it's thing we have a quarterback whose name I'm not even positive I know how to pronounce I don't know if it's David it's Blue, just David say blows Blue.
1: dude that's the joke going around right now. <laughs>
2: So, if dress, it's, it's a big question, if Jeff Jeff Driscoll plays, we have one situation. If David Blow plays, we have another one. I, I have no idea, but Driscoll has been actually decent for fantasy so mm-hmm. far. It is three starts. He's been the number eight fantasy quarterback, and the thing is, a lot of it's come rushing. He's number two in rushing yards at the position. So, the, what that does is it means you don't have a great stacking option if you use him. He might have a decent floor on his own, even a decent ceiling, but. Kenny Galladay has only had 152 yards and one touchdown in those three games. Marvin Jones, 166 and two Danny Amendola, 91 yards, no touchdown. There's not a great stack here. So if you're using uh, Driscoll, assuming he's active, you're, you're kind of using him on his own. You're going to branch out from other guys. Now if you are using blow, or, I hate this. I want to know how to pronounce his <laughs> name. If you're using him, uh, you're, I mean, you're rolling the dice. He's cheap. That's nice. He did not play very well in college. He graded out uh, as our number 75 qualified uh, quarterback last year at uh, 73.0. He was our number 41 graded quarterback in the preseason at 62.4. So you're kind of rolling the dice on that. But at the same time, if you're using him, I do want to stack him with Gallaudet Jones because you've got to assume this you know rookie in his first game is going to be targeting the big guys.
1: Yeah, I'm a little worried on Driscoll if he suits up right. The hamstring, the rushing quarterback. I've liked Driscoll. You know, 37, 51, 93, or 63 rushing yards in his first three games. That looks pretty good. That's 151 yards in three games. And if you're running around there in a gimpy hamstring, not at 100% against the Bears, I mean, that sounds like you're probably not going to be able to get it done. I'm a little worried even if Driscoll suits up. I've liked Driscoll basically every start, and uh, I think this would be the spot where uh, I would go underweight. I don't expect him to be super highly owned or anything, but uh, if he does start a little gimpy on the hamstring has me a little worried just because that I, I don't know I'm, I'm just really worried for this Detroit offense basically no matter who's a quarterback this week I can totally see that uh, what, what else do you got for me talk about Bo Scarborough he looked like the guy that was going to get all the carries 14 and 18 um, didn't get the touchdown had 98 yards fumbled Has nine, 98 rushing yards 8.8 DraftKings points. I mean, an absolute zero in the passing game so far. He, he could catch the ball a little bit in college. Hasn't really shown that in the pros. Uh, you know, 4,700, if, if you're playing, here here's going to be what's going to be chalk. People are going to jam in Elliott. They're going to jam in Kamara. They're going to jam in Michael Thomas and anything else goes after that. So uh, Scarborough is a way to sort of jam in everything that you want to play. But uh, give me give me Tariq Cohen for cheaper. Give me Devonte Freeman. Give me a David Montgomery. I'll find a couple extra bucks to not play Scarborough.
2: Yeah. I mean that's that's the thing to use with Scarborough, is he's 4700 and you're not gonna get a start any starting running backs in this slate for that price. But he has not been uh an elusive guy. He in, in 32 carries, he has four broken tackles, it's a 44.1 elusive rating. It's not bad by any means, but it's nothing you're gonna hang your hat on. He's been Like, for what we were expecting from two weeks ago where he was on a practice squad and hadn't seen any action, he's been great. For an actual guy you're relying on in fantasy, he's just a guy. So we're going into the week. If you're using him, it's entirely to save money. And I agree with you. I think there's got to be better places to save.
1: Yeah, the passing game, I mean, I'm a little concerned. Galladay or Marvin, they can always catch a touchdown. I'm just a little worried this entire offense might stall out. If Driscoll can't be mobile or if uh, the backup – backup comes in and he's not able to be successful Do you see do you have a lean on on any receiver I mean Galladay's getting the targets but a lot of them are uncatchable it's just a a really grim situation I think in the past
2: I mean if you're using somebody I think it's got to be Galladay just you know hoping the talent wins out I just I don't know how you can trust Amendola I don't know how you can trust Hawkinson it's it's
1: Galladay and maybe Jones is a slight pivot and that's pretty much it um, what, what about tight end? Hawkinson is just, I mean, he's based. He had, he had the week one in my season long. You know, I blew all my fab budget. Now I can't spend up on any of the running backs that I actually want, right? Because I thought Hawkinson, I liked him coming out of college. And I, I thought he was going to have a good season with Matt Stafford. The problem was Stafford was just throwing deep all the time because he has Marvin Jones and he has Kenny, Kenny Galladay and he wasn't using Hawkinson too much. And now that the quarterback situation's deteriorated so much, I mean, I don't even know if there's hope for him to even have have more than, like, two catches in a game right now.
2: Yeah. We've seen him have that one good game where he had that monster outing against Arizona, who lets everybody do this. So it might be that it was more the opponent than Hawkinson himself. Since that week one game, he's averaged less than one yard per route run. It's .97. That's 38 out of 45 tight ends. So he's done nothing. He's averaging 28 point yard, 28, 21.8 yards per game. He might. Have, I. I will guarantee he has another twelve, fifteen fantasy point get day before the end of the season. Just falls into a touchdown at forty yards, something like that. But you can't trust it if you're using him. It's entirely a lottery ticket,
1: roll of the dice, and it's. Uh, it's the odds stacked against you. You're drawn to it inside straight. Yeah, I mean, we are in dire straits if you're not playing Jared Cook at tight end this weekend. I still don't even know if I can actually click TJ Hawkinson in some tournament lineups this week. He's just he's absolutely true. Very far off my radar. Uh, I want to talk about the Bears, and I think the Bears are a little less grim. Uh, it, the, you know, they're favorite in this game by a, about a field goal. I got a three and a half point spread on my DK Sportsbook app, and I, you know, this is like we've seen a little bit of resurgence from Mitchell Trubisky. Now it's not. Amazing. He's he's not playing great. He's thrown three picks in his past two games, but he's he ran a season high seven rushing attempts last game. You know, maybe maybe he's feeling healthy. He got his first rushing touchdown of the season. This was a this was a staple of Mitchell Trubisky last year. And it, it finally surfaced for basically the first time all year. Uh, I think, you know, with Tariq Cohen, with Allen Robinson with Anthony Miller. You know, we're going to see if Gabriel suits up. Probably not. I think there's just enough for him to get him done. I think there's a little bit of rushing upside. This Detroit defense, I mean, they they got lit up by the Cowboys. Maybe they they held Washington in check a little bit. I mean, are you really going to, you know, any team that holds Washington in check? Is that something you're going to praise them for? I don't think so. I think that was more the Washington offense is just so completely inept. Uh, anyway, what I'm saying, uh, just a couple games ago, Mitchell Trubisky, three touchdowns against the Lions. Why can't he do it again?
2: It's He can uh, in a small slate. We can absolutely be interested in it. Uh, I do worry. Uh, yeah, he's cheap. The Lions haven't allowed a rushing touchdown to a quarterback all year. It's a small thing. They haven't faced a lot of running quarterbacks, but it is worth noting. Uh, I think Trubisky's biggest selling point is his price, and I, I can see myself tossing him into a few lineups this week, but you, you're obviously never going to do it with any kind of excitement.
1: I, I don't know. I like Trubisky. I think we've got a lot of ownerships going to Prescott, Allen, and and Breeze and, and Matt Ryan, right, and rightfully so. And I think Trubisky, he's, he's lower priced. He gets you a little bit of a different build, and I think there's ways he can get you three total touchdowns in this game and uh, very easy to stack with too because, right, with Gabriel out, uh, I pulled the stack from uh, Eric here at Roto Grinders. Uh, in two games he posted this on Twitter without Gabriel this year uh, Javon Wims has played nearly every snap. He had one zero burger uh, and one four for 44 for 56. And then Tariq Cohen in those two games, 12 total targets. Uh, I don't know the running back position, Cohen, Montgomery, you want the PPR upside and Cohen, you want Montgomery, who's not really amazing. Uh, you know, the, some of the advanced statistics on Montgomery aren't too great yards after contact uh, per attempt at PFF. Uh, there's 57 qualified. He's 54th, right? So, all that college stuff where he's elusive and breaking tackles, he's he's just not able to break, uh, you know, get any extra yards after he gets contacted, uh, is, is basically what I'm reading from that. Which side would you rather have here? Uh, you know, we just talked about Bo Scarborough. I'd rather take a shot on Monty or Tariq Cohen for sure.
2: Uh, uh, Montgomery burned us two weeks ago in this exact same situation. Everyone said, "Oh, this is this is going to be the breakout game." After he had that mi- minor hot stretch, and he came in and he had sixty yards and nothing else, and it was very boring. And I'm still on him. You still the the Lions have been so bad against running backs this year that this is going to be a fool me twice, shame on me situation. But I, I, I'm I'm going to have a taste of him this week.
1: Yeah, I can. I like Monte, and don't sleep on Tariq Cohen, especially if Gabriel's out. Uh, the PPR upside, you know, six, seven targets, that's like 40 yards. He gets a couple of rushes. He has the ability to, to break plays or special teams touchdown possibility with him. Uh, so I like Cohen, low-owned tournament. You know, it's hard to find low-owned good plays on a three-game slate, and I think he certainly fits that bill. Uh, A-Rob, right? If, if I can get A-Rob on my team, I probably want A-Rob on my team. The problem is everybody in the world is going to be playing for Michael Thomas and, and rightfully so. But if you don't play Thomas, you know, we're waiting on Julio Jones. If Jones is out, you're probably going to want to play Ridley. But Allen Robinson, he's the clear alpha in this offense. Ten targets last week, 131 yards, a touchdown, 28 DraftKings points against the Giants. Uh, I know Slay can shadow the first meeting. He didn't really shadow. He had a a decent game. Um, I I don't know. I think Robinson is well worth his price tag and and a way to get different uh, if you don't. I mean, I'm going to play Michael Thomas in a lot of my teams, but on the teams I don't have Michael Thomas I'm definitely going to have Ridley or Allen Robinson.
2: Robinson's a big risk-reward play because when we saw it last year, Slay missed one game they played against the, the Lions, and Robinson had a 6 one thirty 2 line. And in the second game, he, he did play. He did shadow Robinson, and Robinson had two catches for 37 yards. And then you saw, like you said two, uh, a couple weeks ago, play didn't shadow. So if he shadows him, we could be in for a tough time. If he doesn't shadow him, hey, good times. But that means that the floor is super low. The ceiling is super high for Robinson this week. And that, in a tournament, that's absolutely what you want. But you have to go in knowing that's the situation.
1: All right. Guess who the second highest owned wide receiver on the slate is currently at Roto, You know, on our Roto-Grinders projections? I'm probably well, giving uh, it away.
2: I mean, since we're here, I'm going to say Anthony Miller because it's <laughs> the first we haven't talked about. Yeah,
1: so he's 3,900 on DraftKings. Uh, what does he have? Uh, I think it's like 18 or 19 targets over the past t- uh, two games. Uh, he's he's undertaker gift, right? He, you know, he's risen from the dead uh, as a, as a dead fantasy asset and he's produced, what is this 20 targets, six receptions in each of the past two games with 11.4 and 13.7 DraftKings points over the past two uh, that gets it done for me at 3,900. He's probably a, you know, closer to $5,000 player. I think the injury to Gabriel probably uh, reduced his price. I don't think DraftKings priced him up enough. You know, it, the, cheap super high owned wide receiver is almost always a game theory (laughs) fade play or underweight play at least on the large slates that i do a lot of analysis for um in the in the millionaire maker premium articles and stuff like that but it is really hard to not click his name be just because of the the lineup that it gets around you this week
2: yeah it's he, he was he was rising for a few weeks there. Weeks five through eight, he had 50-plus yards in all three games. I thought, okay, this is he's finally going to start doing stuff. And then weeks nine and ten, he had one reception for seven yards total. I don't know what happened, but week 11 came, he was right back to where he was. We, I still like to see him score some touchdowns. Mm-hmm. After having seven touchdowns last year, he hadn't found the end zone at all this year. But if you're you know a guy at that price getting 50, 70 yards is exactly what you want out of this slate.
1: Yeah, Wims is definitely your. I mean, he's a popular dart throw. He's minimum priced on DraftKings. Uh, I haven't looked on FanDuel, haven't had enough time for that. But Wims, he's going to carry some ownership. One goose egg with Gabriel out, one, you know, 10 DraftKings fantasy point game. So keep that in mind. I think there's a pretty wide range of outcomes, literally from zero up to probably, you know, absolutely at the high end, maybe like 18 to 20 DraftKings points if he catches a touchdown and has has a reasonable game. So. Uh, but he will be popular as a uh, you know, a, a third wide receiver option. Uh, the tight end spot, I mean, they're down not one, not two, but three tight ends. I, I don't know if any team's had any more worse luck at the position than the Bears. The problem is throughout the whole season, no tight end has more than 20 receiving yards for the Bears. I'm not playing any of these like ancillary options. I, I know the slate's horrible and we're hurting for it, but uh, all hard passes for me.
2: Yeah, it's, I, I don't know how you could even consider anybody from the slate Unless it's just, I'm out of money and I need $2,500 I'd whatever.
1: change something else There's no way I'm playing yeah,
2: one of these you'd have to, I, I don't see how you can
1: do it um, Alright, real quick, before we jump into our next game uh, I mentioned, don't forget that Lineup HQ Express for Thanksgiving uh, Don't forget to try that out It's free on mobile for Thursday uh, We're also, on Sunday uh, The Yahoo free roll we had Was so successful We're going to run another one of those So it's going to be an MME free roll. We're going to have Yahoo lineup HQ free. So you can make your 150 entries. You can use all the build rules to get really specific on the teams you want. Or if you just want to make a couple of teams in 10 minutes and see what happens, you can kind of do that as well. But make sure to check out Yahoo lineup HQ. Uh, There's going to be a free roll post probably on Friday or Saturday in the forums. And you'll be able to enter that up to 150 times. For the low, low price of free fifty. Uh, all right, let's jump into the next game. We've got Buffalo and Dallas. Uh, I've got you with the Dallas side here, and I've got an underpriced Dak Prescott coming in as the highest-owned quarterback on the slate. To me, Dak Prescott's like a—he's right up there with Drew Brees and Matt Ryan and Price. However, Drew Brees sixty-eight hundred DraftKings, Matt Ryan sixty-four hundred. Dak Prescott, 5,700. What happened, DraftKings? Does he deserve to be the highest-owned quarterback of the slate,
2: I, I mean, I think he, we don't have a choice to say he's going to be. I do worry about that matchup against Buffalo. They've only allowed one quarterback all year to top eighteen fantasy points, and that was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Only Wentz, Only Carson Wentz has top fourteen rushing yards against them. So we we know rushing is a part of Dak's game, and Buffalo just hasn't allowed the rush to the quarterback. So I think at that price, Dak's going to be heavily owned. But I might be fading him a little bit. I might go for these other guys.
1: Yeah, obviously the New England defense sort of shut him down a little bit last week. I think that was a foreseeable occurrence. Um, You know, he's at home, right? Uh, It's a short week, but, you know, Buffalo, that defense is just really, really limited quarterbacks all year long. I'm going to do my best. I think I'm going to try to get the breeze or even opposite of him. Josh Allen, I think might even be a little safer at 6,200. I know the Dallas defense is also pretty good, but Allen's just a, if there's, Three touchdowns from Buffalo. Allen's probably run one in and probably has a pass to Cole Beasley or John Brown or something like that. He's gonna, he just got a, such a large part of the offense. Um, I, I'll, I'll talk about Josh Allen in a second, but I, I like Dak. That price is there. Um, it's good. The high ownership is going to be there too. The problem is Right, so we like to stack in DFS. Who are we stacking with Dak Prescott? Because Amari Cooper has got a tough matchup. I don't even know if he's 100%. This whole Buffalo defense is pretty hard to pass on. So if we're all playing Dak Prescott, like what, what on, why on earth are we all playing Dak Prescott when all of his receivers have horrible matchups? <laughs>
2: yeah the it's it's tough to uh, we've seen Amari Cooper have his struggles this year they all came when he was uh shadowed Darius Slay, Marshawn Lattimore, and Stephon Gilmore held him to an average of 5.5 PPR points per game and then this week he's going to see Tredavious White. Tredavious White has not allowed a touchdown in coverage all year. 693 snaps played most snaps among all cornerbacks without a touchdown allowed in coverage. He's really good so you know Cooper has beaten some shadows this year. We saw him take it to Jair Alexander in Week Three, but he has also been very subjective to shadow coverage in some other games. So if he gets shut down, Michael Gallup's the obvious pivot. He had a, a nine for one forty-eight against Detroit a couple weeks ago. He had fifty-five yards against uh, New England last week. He missed the other game that uh, that Cooper struggled against the Saints. But whatever we've seen, we've seen uh, Gallup succeed. When Cooper struggled, but then there's Randall Cobb, number eight receiver the last three weeks, 3.20 yards per run in that time, the most of any receiver who's played all three of those weeks. So if I'm going to pair someone with, with Dak in this game, it's probably going to be Gallup for the field stretching ability, but that's really a guess. It's an educated guess. I think it's the best chance, but it could easily go with one of the other guys.
1: Yeah, Cobb, 7-7, seven, 8-8 seven, eight, eight targets over the past four games, 25-25, DraftKings points, 12-8, and eight, right? I think Cobb is – like Cobb and Gallup make a little bit more sense to me than playing Amari. Amari's got the biggest home road splits too, but I think it has more to do with the teams he's played, right? He played at New England, at Detroit with Slay, uh, at the Giants, had a decent game. At the the Jets, he probably should have been good, but I think that's around when he started being hurt at New Orleans early in the season. You know, and then his home games, Giants, Miami, green bay philadelphia minnesota and he goes nuclear and basically all of them so i don't know is it the shadow coverage is it the home road splits i don't know you mix it all together i'm throwing my hands up and i'm going with uh if i'm playing Dak, i'm playing them with cobb and i'm playing them uh with michael gallup and i'm also probably playing him with some zeke zeke's looking like he's going to be the highest owned running back of the slate he's 7400 um, you know, we don't really like the passing game all that much against Buffalo. We like the run game. This is why we play Philip Lindsay a little bit last week and Zeke at home. There's all you know. What narrative do you want to play? The Thanksgiving eating, you know, feed me narrative. Do you <laughs> want to? Do you want to play the run funnel narrative? Do you want to play they're all ganging up on uh, Jason Garrett right now and they're, they they want to show out, you know, for for their coach narrative? There's a whole lot of stuff going on here, um, but I think Zeke and Kamara should probably be priced the same. Um, but we get a little bit of a discount with Zeke this week.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Buffalo started the year as a pretty decent run defense, but then uh, uh, before they played Denver last week and just shut everything down in the Denver offense, four weeks before that. So in four weeks, they had seven different running backs put up double-digit fantasy points against them. That's I don't know if you're good at math. That's almost two per week. and that's I mean, that includes Kalen Ballage. That includes Patrick Laird. I mean, it's not been exactly a a dominant stretch of guys. Did you say
1: Patrick Laird? Patrick Laird had Oh, Twitter is exploding right now. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> he has two receptions 51 yards and 7 rushing yards. So this this run defense has taken a hit lately. Zeke is going to have some numbers in this game, especially if the passing the passing offense gets shut down like we think it might.
1: Yeah. Uh, Zeke's really interesting. Uh, I'm expecting him and Kamara. If you're playing, uh, I like the cash games on the slate. It's a very You get a very casual crowd on the Thursday slate, especially when lineup HQ Express is free, right? Those casuals are going to be jamming in their teams. But uh, people might not play Kamara and Zeke in their cash teams. And guess what? I'm playing Kamara and Zeke on my cash team uh, because I want to make some money on Thanksgiving. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, sort of play along on that. Uh, all right. Let's try to talk about the tight end position because – it's just garbage. We've got Jason so Witten. Bad. We've got Witten who's going to play some snaps, right? Um, last week was probably, I think, his worst week of the season, 1.5 fantasy points, only four targets. I think that was tied for a season low, which has happened in quite a few games. And then you got Blake Jarwin as well, who I think is the much better choice. They're, they're just playing Jason Witten because he's Jason Witten and there's a lot of history there. But uh, Jarwin actually had four targets last week. He's $3,000, and, I mean, you get four targets out of any of your tight ends this week. I mean, that's you're just doing victory laps, uh, uh, you know, all over the, the Thanksgiving spread that you're going to have on on the table at this point in time at 4.30, or you're going to wake up from your trip to fan nap, and you're going to see Blake Jarwin or Jason Wynn as six targets, and, you, you know, you're going to be having a blast on that. So which one of these would you – Rather take a shot on Witten currently looks like he's going to be the second highest on tight end on the. Slide. Uh- I
2: can't imagine using Witten. What's the upside there? I mean, you hope he falls into the end zone and gets 20 yards. But Jarwin at least has some some structuring ability. He's not – I mean, you're never going to get a big – the only tight end on the slate who could have a big game is Jared Cook. So we're just trying to get a few points out of any of these guys. And Jarwin, you know, he's had multiple receptions each of the last three games. He's totaled uh, 132 yards in his last four games. He has two touchdowns in the last five. He's He's interesting. He's not good. He's not going to break anything open for you. But he's at least interesting, and he's a little cheaper than Witten, who is not interesting at all.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go over to the Bills here, and I want to talk about uh, Josh Allen, who's just like the ultimate consistent quarterback. I'm debating, you know, if you can't get up to Drew Brees, I think Allen is probably my preferred cash game quarterback between the rushing – the passing he's just involved so much in actual scoring you know four points or six points I'll take the six points Russian I'll take the four points if he throws it in Uh, I like him quite a bit in this game as as a very stable option and the Russian quarterbacks I mean Drew Brees has to throw for 303 and have a really good game right and Josh Allen could throw for 175 yards and still be the highest scoring quarterback on the slate so it's it's a little bit easier I think for Allen to have a huge ceiling uh the Cowboys D's pretty good um I don't know they let Driscoll and the Lions go berserk on them you know Driscoll was running I don't know maybe maybe there's a little bit of a pattern there. Um, I know New England kept, uh, you know, wasn't able to really do too much against them, but I don't know if that New England offense is really too great to begin with. Allen's got one game below 17 and a half PPR points this season. I mean, that's a pretty safe quarterback. He gets a dome to throw that deep ball to John Brown. He can hit Cole Beasley, the, the greatest rapper alive, apparently. Did you hear, did you hear oh that, God. Cole Beasley? Did you hear I, I that did not album hear it. Tonight? I didn't listen to it. <laughs> I didn't think it was too bad. I listened to a couple of songs while I was calling some time today. Um, but you pulled some PFF stuff from the things I can't even get, right? I got the top premium, or the top subscription on PFF, right? But you pulled some stuff from the back uh, for the show here. Uh, John Brown, he's got the fifth most deep targets in the league, with 20 of them. But uh, the Cowboys, six best coverage grade on passes passes targeted 20 yards downfield. An 81 passer rating, three touchdowns, two interceptions. So, I mean, it's it's strength for strength there. We'll have to see what wins out. Uh, I don't know. I guess in the long run, I just think Allen's pretty safe rushing upside, rushing touchdowns. He'll probably throw a touchdown. He, he gets two total touchdowns. He's on his way to a pretty good fantasy game.
2: Yeah, considering he's six hundred dollars cheaper than Breeze, two hundred cheaper than Ryan, he's probably my favorite quarterback on the slate. It's he's just cheap enough that I think you can you can force in some of the big name guys, and he's not you know dumpster diving like you would be with Trubisky or Blow.
1: Yeah, Breeze. I think it's Breeze to me. I think Prescott's definitely the popular choice, but I might nudge Allen just a little bit more. I might have to see if my bias is changes after I uh, load up on some, uh, you know, pre Thanksgiving hors d'oeuvres and eat too many Ritz crackers or something like that. So, <laughs> and I'm jamming in lineups with lineup HQ. Uh, all right. Running back. Uh, I think it's probably more of a single Terry game, right? 21 carries the 15 over Gore last week. He's more involved in the passing game. He's out snapping Gore, but here's the problem with using a Buffalo running back, right? You got to play the, who's going to get the goal line carries. And that's been Frank Moore. You got to play the, is Josh Allen going to scramble for the touchdown game? You know, is he going to throw it in? And there's just not a lot of touchdown equity at the running back position. Uh, Singletary coming in on DraftKings at 5,800. He is priced above David Montgomery, above Devontae Freeman. Um, So he's sort of he's sort of like a no man's land, if you ask me. Do you, do you have a, a, a strong lean either way on what, what you'd want to do with that Buffalo run game?
2: I mean, if I'm using one, it's Singletary because I think he's just taken over the job. He has 15-plus uh, carries in three of his last four, 20-plus in two of the four. But it's that's the thing. If He is more expensive than those guys you name, and I would prefer any one of them. I think, I think Montgomery, Freeman, I think Cohen even has a little little high equity there. So uh, if I'm not going to use Gore, I just don't think there's any upside left there. So I, I'm probably staying away from this position altogether,
1: but if I am using one, it's Singletary. Uh, John Brown looks to be the premier tournament play of the slate to me. All uh, right. So you've got Allen Robinson and Calvin Ridley right above him in salary. You've got Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup priced right below him. And if Dak's going to be popular, obviously his targets are also going to draw some ownership in tournaments as well. So you got Brown sitting right in the middle at 6,300, projected, I don't know, 15 to 20% owned. Um, It's not the most amazing matchup, but Brown's been ultra consistent all year long, scoring touchdowns or, you know, what is it, 50 yards or something like that. I think in just about every single game uh, has the ability to hit the deep ball. I know Dallas can kind of restrict that. They've done a good job on it this year, but um, Brown to me looks like uh, the premier. If you're just trying to, if you're not stacking this game, I think adding John Brown into your tournament teams at at low ownership for a three-game slate looks pretty good. Uh, Cole Beasley too right I mean PPR counts he's 4,700 he's got low ownership he had nine targets last week four before six the week before that it's it's not pretty right if he gets nine targets again he's probably gonna have what 50 to 70 yards it's all about does he get in the end zone and you know it's probably not gonna get in the end zone but if he does he's definitely gonna pay off the 4,700 hundred dollar price tag I like him with Josh Allen there's nothing good about the matchup, right? It's There's nothing on PFF that's showing me, hey, Cole Beasley's going to have an, an amazing matchup today. But uh, I just think he's going he's gonna to get four to seven targets. He catches, you know, 75% of those if he ends up in the end zone. Wait, what's that? Revenge? Is there some revenge there too? I mean, <laughs> with, if Jarvis Landry can have revenge, Cole Beasley can have revenge as well, right? You just reminded me of what he was – his – <laughs> Quotes
2: after he left the team last year where he, he dogged that offense. I forgot all about that. That's that's my new favorite narrative of the week. I'd forgotten it altogether. <laughs>
1: uh and then a tight end if you're looking, uh Dawson Knox looks like he's he's starting to really outsnap Tyler Croft, uh at least like two to one. And you're just looking for a touchdown. He's twenty nine hundred. Play Dawson Knox, he gets three targets. Hey, great. Um, but the three targets out of your tight end this week, you're probably pretty happy about it. Uh, all right, let's go to the game of the week, or the game of the day. Uh, the problem is we're all gonna be asleep for this one, right? Or we're driving home and, no, you know this, this is a tough game for me to watch because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on Turkey, hangover New Orleans at Atlanta. Uh, let's talk about Atlanta. There's a lot up in the air in this team, right? We've got Julio Jones. Is he going to play as in practice for two days? Is Marshawn Lattimore going to shadow him? We don't know if he's going to play. I was looking right before the show. They're being real stingy on the information, Daniel. I can't can't get a lean on this game right now as as far as the injuries.
2: Yeah, it's uh – I mean, maybe it's just because we're doing this Tuesday night and we'll know more tomorrow, but it's total guesswork. And if, if Julio and Lattimore plays, that's one situation. If they're both out, that's another situation. But I think either one of those, You, know, if Julio and Lattimore both play, Julio's kind of a risky play, but whatever. If they're both out, we can ignore it altogether. The question's going to be if one plays and one doesn't. If Julio plays and Lattimore's out, I'm all in. It's Julio Jones. He's got this massive ceiling. Even if he's not 100 percent healthy, I think it's I think it's just a great situation for him. Flip side: if Julio's out and Ladmore plays, you got to worry about Calvin Ridley because Ladmore's been really good in shadow coverage. And if if that's the situation, you got to think Ladmore's going to shadow him. So I think guessing on the top two Falcons receivers this week is going to be a real crapshoot right now. And we're just hoping to find more information before Thursday rolls around.
1: Yeah. What else you got for me? What's going on with Matt Ryan since he's come back from injury? It hasn't really worked out. I succumbed to the Matt Ryan in cash last week. If you would, you know, right, if you told me Matt Ryan has 46 passing attempts against the Buccaneers, and, I, you know, like I'm I'm, having, I'm doing cartwheels, I'm just counting my money, and it just didn't work out. He hasn't really looked good since he's come back from injury. He's thrown two picks, three touchdowns. the The yards aren't there. One of those games against New Orleans as well um he should have lit up Tampa Bay it didn't really work out for him I know Julio Jones is gone but what what are we doing with him at home in the dome here it's it's been so weird he started the, the season I mean he wasn't
2: absolutely great from a, a total deep numbers perspective but he had 300 plus yards in all six of his first games of the season he had multiple touchdowns in five or six games three plus and four or six games it was great and it all evaporated he uh He he's had under 300 yards three of the last four under 200 yards two of the last four. It's just I I don't know what's happened to him the last few
1: weeks, and I don't know how you use him right now. Yeah, is it the ankle? Right? Is it maybe he was running hot? You know, throwing for 300 yards every game is pretty tough to do, right? Is it a mix of both? I don't really know if Marshawn Lattimore's in there. That Saints defense um, might even look pretty good. Let's say Lattimore's in and Julio's out. I mean, you could play the Saints defense looks pretty juicy. I think you could play them in here. I'm a little torn on Matt Ryan. Uh, without Julio Jones, I'll be even more torn and probably maybe not even play him too much in tournaments should Julio end up sitting out. Uh, let's go to the running back. Uh, it looks like we're getting Devonte Freeman back. And, you know, little checkdowns, right? This is the Alvin Kamara, right? Sort of if you get seven or eight dink and dunk targets, I mean, that's seven or eight DraftKings points You're you're starting the game off with. And you got to think Freeman's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. Uh, he's going to get his, what, 10 to 15 rushes pretty much no matter the game script if he's back here. He's 5,100. I mean, I think it looks pretty good. He, he looks like he's also the third highest on running back behind Kamara and Elliott, so it seems like the, the masses are going to be on him this weekend.
2: You got to worry about the matchup a little bit. The saints have allowed the seventh fewest points per game to running backs and Freeman hasn't really been himself this year. He's only topped 40 rushing yards in a game twice. He has a 55.7 overall PFF grade. That's the worst of his career other than his little two game sample last year. So there's, there's things to worry about now. Kadri Allison and Brian Hill never really did develop in, in Freeman's absence so no matter what he's going to have the role to himself and that alone is enough to give him a little taste in this three game slate but I'm not sure how much upside there is Yeah, I think
1: at 5100 it's tough you got Montgomery right above him you got Cohen right below him I'd rather Cohen uh, I, like, I do like Cohen I mentioned that I think it's going to be interesting I'm going to have to dig into it and the problem is that, like, imagine tomorrow the news comes out, Julio's a game-time decision, and there's no news breaks on Thursday morning, and Adam Schefter is too busy stuffing his stovetop down <laughs> his gullet that he can't send out a tweet overnight or something like that, right? so you That gotta, has never once happened to Adam Schefter. <laughs> yeah, never once, but hey, it could happen. But, like, um I don't know. I think we might not have the full injury news, right, um on the short slate for an 8 o'clock game at noon when we're trying to finalize our lineups. This is just a lot in the air. Um, so you're, this is something if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday morning, hey, just pay attention to this because um, yeah. you know the, the injury situation for the wide receivers is going to be there. Yeah. Um, I think if you're going to
2: use Julio, you have to leave yourself open to some kind of late swap and leave a, a Ted Ginn or a Russell Gage or someone out there that you can leave, switch.
1: to. Leave exactly eighteen hundred in your lineup. Why? Because then you could just switch to Michael Thomas and your problem solved. <laughs> that, that's what <laughs> that's, I would. That'll work. That's what I would do for sure. Um, but anyway, right. So play through the real scenarios. If, if Julio's in, I think even against Lattimore, I know Scott, uh, over at PFF, he did a study last year where Julio Jones actually, when, when he's shadowed by a good cornerback, he actually even outperforms what he's supposed to do even more, which is sort of the frustration of Julio Jones. When you think he's like the most matchup proof in theory, cornerback, I think Scott has ever found at PFF. Um, if I'm, if I'm remembering the article correctly, Um, So even if Lattimore's out there, I'm not too worried about it. The shoulder injury, that's the more worrisome part. you got Calvin Ridley. Well, if Julio plays, right, maybe he doesn't get all the targets. And if Julio's out, maybe he plays against Lattimore. You've got uh, Russell Gage brought me to the promised land in cash last week. Um, Ten targets. A lot of that was the byproduct of Julio not being in in the second half. Um, But he can kind of tear it up in the slot a little bit. That's what you want to do against New Orleans as well what what do you want to do here at, at wide receiver uh, I, I gage
2: intrigues me i've been i've been talking gage up for a few weeks now ever since the new left I, i'll probably have a fair helping of gage this this week he's averaged 10 ppr points since uh since the new left he's playing almost 50 snaps a game i just i think he's an interesting uh low own play yeah
1: i low like price play. i, I think his ownership. i think new orleans probably boat races atlanta uh so i, I think that passing game is going to be pretty Pretty good, and if Matt Ryan's not a hundred percent, the Dink and Dunk game maybe that's a little more prevalent. So yeah, I can get on board with Gage, and then uh, at tight end, uh, can can we go back to Jaden Graham? Uh, I know I had the you know he's had four targets over the past two weeks. He's thirty one hundred. I mean whatever. If you get a couple Jaden Graham lineups, I guess so. But
2: I mean yeah, you're, it's, you're it's uh, you're darts not ex- everywhere at tight end. Yeah,
1: you're not excited about it. And I, I honestly, Graham consider- or Dawson Knox
2: probably Dawson Knox and probably Blake Jarwin if we're down in that price range, but right. he is, he's got a little bit of intrigue. Uh,
1: all right. I'm going to talk about the saints here. Cause Hey, they're the fun team to talk about. And I wanted to give myself something, something fun to talk about here to close out the show. Uh, so breeze, right. He's on the road. Ooh, ooh, ooh. but his dome splits are really good. Uh, 391 and three TDs last year in Atlanta, 271 and two the year before that. You mix it all up. I mean, I can go – I was actually trying to get it all. Pro football reference wasn't working right before the show. So I couldn't get it all. I went back and looked at him. And what I'm really saying is um, as long as Breeze is in a dome, that's what really matters, him not being outdoors is kind of the thing you don't want to look at when he's on the road. Um, I'm I'm hoping the dud against Atlanta the last time out for Breeze maybe keeps one or two extra percent of people from clicking on him in lineups this week because – I think if I'm making my tournament teams, you know, of course Breeze is going to be central to that for a couple of reasons because on this entire slate I know I know I could just click Breeze to Alvin Kamara, to Michael Thomas and and just randomly fill in the rest of my 150 lineups with other random <laughs> plays because that's where all the production's going in this offense. It's so concentrated. And you've got two elite talents. You know, those are the guys that are probably going to score. They're both going to get 8 to 12 targets, and it's really easy to stack with Breeze. I like him. He's my favorite quarterback. I'd give him the highest projection. Uh, I do like Josh Allen. I mentioned that for some upside, um, but there, there's no doubt Breeze looks to be the highest-scoring quarterback of the week.
2: Yeah, it's a huge upside. I, I just don't see any way Atlanta can shut him down again. We, we saw them have those two straight good games, but yeah. that evaporated last week against Tampa Bay, so yeah. I think that was just a two-week mirage.
1: Yeah, you can go look at the grades across the board, right? They were pretty good for those two weeks. Back uh, fell, fell on their face last week for the Atlanta defense, too. So uh, I definitely like Breeze. Kamara, uh, you know, he disappointed us and had 19 DraftKings points last week. I don't know how 19 DraftKings points is a disappointment, but it was. Uh, he's got 29 targets in the past three weeks. He's been targeted 68 times. And he has 60 receptions. So, like, when the target comes, it's basically a reception already. And then it's, you know, whatever extra yards that he gets on top of it. He's ultra-efficient. He dudded versus Atlanta last time out, too. So I'm hoping maybe that keeps a couple people off of him. Probably not. That was his first game coming back from injury. Um, He's hovering right around 70% of the snaps the past couple of weeks. Uh, So definitely play Kamara. I would play uh, Kamara or Zeke. If you you could only pick one – and Zeke is, let me do some math, $700 less on DraftKings. Which one would you prefer?
2: I'd probably go Zeke. The the Murray horning in on Kamara's workload a little bit has got me a little worried. I don't think you're going wrong with either one, but I think the savings and the, the playing time has me leaning just slightly to Zeke.
1: I think I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to take the t- – I'm going to – lose the 30 percent of snaps but i'm gonna double you up in targets on that how does that sound that's totally fair (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna go that route i'm gonna take kamara if i gotta gotta pick one uh definitely paying michael thomas uh if you've played michael thomas every week you've probably made a lot of money because he is the most ultra efficient consistent wide receiver we've seen in a long time he's probably gonna set the uh nfl record for receptions in a season uh six of his last seven games now don't are you looking at the sheet right now daniel
2: i do not have it in front
1: of me now. all right so get, if i told you six of the last seven games michael thomas has eclipsed x DraftKings fantasy points what is x 17 25 good god <laughs> um, so it's, it's and like one of a couple of those are like 40s too so like He's just – he's so efficient, monster games. He's going to get 9 to 12 targets almost every single game. He's so good. Um, Pay for him this week. You can play Kamara, Zeke, and Michael Thomas. I think if you're playing cash games, that should probably be the start of your build and then just sort of fill in some of the ancillary pieces around them. The other two guys – Um, Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, I mean, Smith caught the touchdown, right? That was a little bit of a a trickery play, you know, heavy play action. He's just wide open, um, defensive breakdown Ted Ginn. If he catches the deep ball, right? The one deep throw or doesn't get pass interference. He's probably having a good game. If he doesn't catch the one deep target, he's probably having a bad game. These are just dart throw wide receivers to me, not guys. I'm really focusing on, um, do you have anything else on, on Ginn or, Traquan Smith the the offense to me is just it's just so heavily concentratable you know we can mix in Jared Cook here in a second um, but everyone's going to be playing Jared Cook
2: yeah it's it's top heavy in this offense you you can use these guys if you want to pivot and it's a wild card but I don't think anybody can with any kind of confidence say Smith over, over again or the other way
1: around and actually be right you you may guess right but you're just guessing Um, So let's go to Cook. He is definitely the chalk tight end uh, without question. He's the only guy getting targets over the past three games. He's got 20 targets uh, over the last four games. He's got three touchdowns. He's playing well with breeze right now, three straight double digit fantasy point games. Um, And I'm, I'm telling you, you get like six DraftKings points from your tight end this week. You're probably feeling pretty good. And Cook is clearly the guy we can surpass it. Um, if I told you Cook in tournaments is going to be in 45% of lineups, is he, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's still worth it because he's like the only guy I can actually project to get real-life targets in an NFL yeah, game. Yeah, I,
2: I think if he's in 45%, I'm jamming him in everywhere. I just think I think 45 might be conservative. I think 65, 70 might be yeah. what he's
1: at. We have 40. That's before the manual adjustments. I think it ticks up a little bit higher. Uh, but, yeah, Cook's the, the chalk-tight end. Play him. Um, usually, in theory, right in the big slates, you want to fade the chalk tight end. Uh, I, I don't know on the three uh, to, the Thanksgiving slates; it's just so bad. I, I don't know if I'd go on, on fade. Yeah,
2: this, this this slate's miserable. I don't uh, for tight ends. I don't know how you can do. I mean, you're going to have some lineups without Cook, but it's you're not going to know who you're picking. It's just going to be cross your fingers, put in a guy you can afford, and
1: hope it works out all right uh somehow daniel i think we've gone longer on a three game thanksgiving slate <laughs> than we have on our normal full slates where we go position by position but uh we wanted to give you a real thorough breakdown using the stu- some of the stuff at pff uh and uh, a lot of the other uh kind of fun things we have going on here at, at roto grinders don't forget lineup hq express free for thanksgiving yahoo free roll on sunday if you're watching on youtube click the like button subscribe if you like this show or any of the other shows and guys have yourself a happy thanksgiving if you're going out wednesday night hanging out with all your your friends and relatives from high school don't drink and drive be safe out there everybody and make sure you get home and are able to play the thanksgiving slate uh, on football daniel it's been fun i'm glad everything went good with your son's surgery and uh, I'll see you back here next week. Uh, thanks to all you guys for watching. He's Daniel M. Britt, and we outcha.